This episode, we're here at SHOT Show 2024. We're holed up in the Venetian Hotel. We got a little studio set up. It sounds like I've got um, gravel in my throat. It's because I've been out on the floor yelling at people uh, in loud places for the last couple of days. Today, I've got Jacob Hepner. He doesn't need a lot of introduction for, for most people. He is the reigning tactical games champ. Been a top 10 CrossFit competitor for a long time. This dude is got a lot of energy. He is the energizer bunny uh, in my mind. And we get to sit down. We talk about what he's doing, how he's doing it. He gives real good insight to the tactical games. What's going on with the training? What's going on with the competition? What's going on with the culture, growth of the sport? And then he talks a little bit about himself and kind of what he's doing outside of there. Really fun conversation. We had to keep it to a, a little bit shorter than I wanted to because he's got to move to the next thing. So anyway, enjoy this episode with Jacob Hepner. Just need to take a couple minutes to thank the sponsors for today's show. You know, the older kids taught me a lesson early in life, and that was snitches get stitches. We kids wanted things we said and did in the absence of outside eavesdropping eyes and ears to remain private and secure within our little neighborhood tribe. After all, this information was private, and we were sworn to keep it secure so it didn't get exploited in the wrong hands. Nowadays, my private information has expanded beyond that little group of bike riding marauders and now sits available on all my electronic devices. And that makes me feel pretty uneasy especially after having my phone and personal accounts hacked and taken advantage of. The reality for you and me is our laptops are never really off. Our phones hold our entire lives, including family and work, and everything from credit cards to passports contain RFID. All of this effectively makes those little items little snitches. And this makes us all vulnerable to having our digital lives stolen. It's time to put a stop to that. And this is where Silent comes in. That's S-L-N-T. Silent offers a range of sleek RFID-blocking wallets, EDC Faraday bags, travel gear, laptop sleeves, and key fob cases with the added protection of their patented Silent Pocket Faraday cage technology. This elite signal-blocking technology is the easiest way to instantly enhance your peace of mind around how your mobile devices are screwing your digital life up. My personal favorites are the Silent Faraday phone and laptop sleeve. They give me peace of mind by allowing me to completely disconnect from anything incoming and or outgoing, including things that can negatively impact my financial, physical, psychological, and emotional health. So if you're looking for a solution to reclaiming your personal privacy, security, and health, go check out silent.com. That's S-L-N-T.com. You can follow them at GoSilent on Instagram and Twitter, and then use the code IRONSIGHTS at checkout for an exclusive discount. If you listen to the show, you know I'm very particular about what I put into my body. And as I get older, I'm continually challenged to find the right formula for optimizing my vitality. It's work, and I'm happy to do it most of the time. But the old 80-20 principle doesn't work for me anymore. It's more like 95-5, which doesn't leave a lot of room for error or compromise with that kind of ratio. It's something all men need to face as we push that over 30 threshold. One major component is the fact that every year after puberty, HGH, human growth hormone, the master hormone responsible for workout recovery, performance, metabolism, and even libido, it starts to decline. That's where BioPro Plus comes in and why I decided to implement it into my daily routine. BioPro Plus is a first-of-its-kind, non-synthetic alternative to prescription HGH growth hormone treatments. It's been trusted by physicians for more than a decade, and the best part for me is I get all the benefits of HGH without any of the needles, side effects, or need for a prescription. The BioPro Plus team sends me a 30-day supply, which includes a morning and nighttime liquid formula. I simply hold it under my tongue for about 90 seconds before swallowing it. That vitality I talked about a minute ago, well, here's how that's working out for me. I sleep better. 
I recover faster. I have a much higher sex drive and my overall sense of well-being has markedly improved. And this all happened within days, not weeks or months after starting BioPro Plus. Another downstream benefit beyond what I've already mentioned, my body fat continues to drop and I haven't changed anything in my lifestyle, workouts, or nutrition program since onboarding this stuff. I'm seriously legitimately shocked at how great I feel in such a short amount of time. So if you want to fix the way you perform, look, and feel in the gym, on the mat, in the bedroom, or just during the game of life, go to bioproteintech.com or follow them at bioproteintech. When you get there, use code IRONSIGHTS for $30 off your order. Welcome to Iron Sights After Dark. During my 25 plus years in the fitness industry, I've always been passionate about expanding my physical, mental, and hard skills to be prepared for whatever life might throw at me. From fitness to firearms and beyond, taking a holistic approach to being prepared has led me on a journey to seek and share both knowledge and skills from expert resources in the civilian, LEO, military, and first responder communities. The mission of this podcast is to help others expand their capabilities and knowledge of preparedness while building strength in the community that shares similar goals and values. So ultimately, we contribute together and grow together. Look, we're in, we're in Las Vegas. This is SHOT Show. I have Jacob Hebner. Jacob, welcome to the show, hey, my thanks, friend. Scott. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good to have you. We were able to put this thing together. I was so excited. Like, there was a little bit of, I'm not sure if we're going to make it, you know, happen or whatever. And you came in and, and here we are. So thanks for taking time out, man. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, this is my second year at SHOT Show. My first year was last year. And I came for legitimately 24 hours for just for Magpul. And so I didn't have anything on the calendar. I was just showing up, just doing Magpul and then leaving the next morning. And then I quickly realized when I came here this year for Under Armour, Magful, a couple of companies, your schedule is gone. Yeah, your minutes. Like in a day. So when you were like, hey, want to do a podcast? I was like, well, I can fit that in. I'm like, look at my calendar. I'm like, I can't fit that in. (laughs) We made it work. So there we go. Yeah, man. Uh, So like I said, I'm super appreciative. But let's let's talk about that real quick. I mean, let's talk about the partnership with Under Armour just as of late. I mean, this is it's kind of big news. I saw you make that announcement. You're here, you know, with them this this weekend, we, I have lots to talk to you about. We have a little bit of a, again, going back time schedule. Yep. We're going to try to cram, cram a lot of stuff in for you. But Let's hit it and get, I'm a CrossFitter, do everything for time. Exactly. So, boom, we're on the clock. Talk, talk to me about what's <laughs> going on with Under Armour. Yeah, so Under Armour came in as the title sponsor for the Tactical Games in 2023. This will be their second year this time, a title sponsorship. So, it's the Under Armour Tactical Games, yep. as you've seen. Yep. Um, I think it's really cool from the perspective that you see a name brand come in. Cause like in the past, you've seen companies that have title sponsored events that are companies that are already in the two A space, right? We had ballistic advantage. We had some companies that were already in that space. So yep. It's not like, it's nothing like surprising if that's, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when you see a household name come in and sponsor a sport, not only a sport, but now a sport that has guns in it, you're right. like, okay, this is cool. It's moving up. Cause I'm sure someone in that company was very cautious. Was very ca- put their neck in the line. Yep. You know, like like put their neck out there and said, "We should do this because this is really cool." Mm. And I think it's it's done very extremely well for them. So I'm excited for that. I think it's good news for everybody. Yeah, right. Yep. Like that that big corporations like that are starting to put it, hang it, it out a little bit. It's, yeah, you kind of see like, oh, okay, well, they're I look. I look at them and think like they're testing the waters. It's like, well, if Under Armour's okay doing that. Like, yep. I'm sure there are other companies. That's saying, what I mean. 
Uh, like, you know, you see Born Primitive getting into it. You know, Nike probably will never will, but you see a lot of companies that will probably be like, like standing back and watching and thinking, okay, it worked out well for them. Let's do it now. Well, usually at the end of the day, it's all about the Benjamins, right? As they yeah. say. And when they start to get a feel or Under Armour, somehow they get some insight on what Under Armour will probably end yep. up doing in terms of penetrating the market out there. Like, they're probably going to want some. So it's really cool to see you on the on the front end of this. Uh, so obviously there's a con- there's a connection here. Uh, I, there, you don't need a lot of introduction for probably most of the people on here, but we do got to go through a little bit of a background. Um, let's talk about sort of the history coming up and how you got to, even to Shot Show because yeah. um, it, this really stems back to the CrossFit stuff. Yeah, so, so let's talk about that. you're going to see a lot of us, I think, slowly start coming into the space. Um, I was at dinner last night. The Under Armour guys were talking about this. There is a lot of for lack of better terms, males in the CrossFit space that are closet conservatives. Um, but like from our perspective, we are not, when you're influenced per se, you're more like an athlete. When you're an athlete in a sport, let's yep. say CrossFit for instance, right? It doesn't, it doesn't behoove me to go out and really stake my flag on the top of a mountain and claim my political beliefs because then companies may not want to work with you, right? Or they want to, or they don't want to. So instead you'll see a lot of guys just won't say anything, which is fine. That's what I did for many years. But now you'll see the actions come out when the sports they choose after they're done with CrossFit, right? So I think you're going to see a lot of athletes come from my previous sport, which is CrossFit and slowly start getting into the tactical games or the shooting industry in general, right? Because it is such a easy leap. Um, and it's a very similar community. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited to see more guys from my sport slowly start coming over. What has to happen for that to happen? I mean, obviously there's the attraction to it, but what has to happen for them to to be able to do that? So the biggest thing, and I've spoken to this about with Nick there, who owns the tactical games and, and the previous owner, Jared, the biggest thing that I think needs to happen. And of course I don't run finances, so that's not my thing. Right. So, um, (laughs) but the biggest thing that would pull more people over is tackle games is already the fastest growing shooting sport now currently, right? Hands down, no doubt about it. What would bring more people over, at least from my sport is my sport is very inundated with money, right? You go and you win, you win a lot of money. You go in the CrossFit games, you're looking at, gosh, what is it now? Like three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars 400000 Is that right? Is that yeah, what it's a lot of money. I had no idea. And then to be quite frank, if you're at the top end of CrossFit, your money you're making is not what you see from the podium winnings is not how they're making their money. Oh no, They're making their is... money behind closed doors. Yeah, right. right. You got endorsements. Yeah, exactly. So like there. there's so much money in the fitness industry. So now when they want to come try a different sport, there has to be like a prize purse. I'm not saying it has to be large. Um, but it's got to be worth it. Yeah, it's got to be worth it. It's got to yeah. be worth it to say, Scott says, hey man, I'm going to go out there and try a new sport. I could win and I could win XYZ. We all have a different number in our mind. If that's high enough, Game on! I'll go yeah, try. I it. mean, there's a lot, there's a big expense moving from CrossFit into into the. <laughs> you got to buy all the guns, right. <laughs> and then yeah. you got to buy more guns. Yeah. But I've had so many. Um, it's actually I've really enjoyed it. When I first started CrossFit, um, back in 2012, um, there were some names in the space. Um, Jason Kalipa is one of them, right? I love Jason. Jason He's a neighbor. Good, yeah, yeah, neighbor. So great guy. And I remember vividly watching videos of him working out thinking, cool, I want to do that. Right. Yeah, he, so when I qualified OG. in my first year, yeah, exactly. When I qualified my first year at the CrossFit games in 2014, I got to do my one rep max overhead squat in the lane next to him and talk to him. And that was like okay. the coolest thing ever. Right. We got to have a conversation back and forth. And now the funny thing is fast forward 
what is that, six, seven, eight years now, he was a mentor per se to me going into the space. He didn't know it, but we watch videos of him sure. and we try to emulate him, right? And now it's switched, right? He's trying to get into the shooting industry and now he calls me and I get to do that. So that's been a really cool journey. I can't to imagine. It, it's really cool. So like, but there's a lot of guys in the CrossFit space that are going to slowly start coming over because number one, you know, when I first started deciding I was going to compete in the CrossFit games, or I'm sorry, the tactical games, you think, oh, I have a gun. I know how to shoot a gun. Right. You don't, you don't bro. <laughs> You're not even close. You suck. Yeah. And so it's just overall, it's a good skill to learn. Right. And the CrossFit, the space itself prides itself on the unknown and unknowable and learning new skills, right? Well, shooting is just an athletic endeavor yeah. when it comes down. It's yeah. hand-eye coordination and movement. And so you'll see a lot of guys, I think, and women that'll come over. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for you and kind of in your influence on this space because I think the next question comes in is, all right, so that's what has to happen for them to move over. And then <clears throat> what has to happen for them to actually be competitive? Because <clears throat> you've been doing this for a while now and it's one thing to, to be excellent on the CrossFit side of things, but things change. And you just mentioned like, you're going to find out real fast how shitty a shooter yeah. you are. How, what does that evolution have to look like for him? Like, and uh, do you already see Great it? Question. Do you already see it happening? I mean, what can you tell us? So yeah, I've been doing this three years. Um, I've essentially been shooting for three years mainly. Cause before that, like I had a gun, but if you were like, Hey, take that rifle apart. I've been like, yeah, Would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this grapple's two parts right. out of the bag of yeah, the yeah. box like yeah. the guys that I still compete with still joke about the fact I showed up to my first competition and scope mounts backwards scope's not even zeroed I don't know Jack freaking diddly like <laughs> wait, wait. it is so what? bad was it that bad was it that bad oh no <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know Sal Hernandez yeah okay Sal. okay yeah so First one I show it, up to. Yeah, Sal's down in San Antonio. Right? Yeah, San, 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 San Antonio SWAT. So yeah. I show up my first one in Utah. Again, I don't know. My left hand, my right hand. And I show up. My rifle's not even. I don't even know if I thought I zeroed it. Yeah. Like, I don't legitimately know. Looking back, I should have thought about There's it. There's a YouTube video somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Some crappy YouTube video. So I have my rifle <clears throat> zeroed. I show up and Sal is a guy next to me zeroing his rifle. And one of the guys next to me goes, hey, you should ask him. Like, he's a really good shooter. And Sal's a phenomenal yeah. shooter. And so I walked up and I'm like, hey, man, <clears throat> do you think you can help me zero my rifle? And he like dropped everything he was doing, zeroed my rifle. Now, I will say, I didn't hit Jack Diddley that weekend. <laughs> Wouldn't have mattered. So I don't know <laughs> if he screwed my rifle up or not. Uh, but that's awesome. <laughs> all that to say, like, it is definitely a three-year, you know, long process. Now, am I to where I'm at now? Absolutely not. I'm not the best shooter in our sport in the tactical game. Not even close. Um, but it takes a lot of time and effort to get there. So what I've allowed some of the guys and guys and girls in the CrossFit space to do is I've always put out just a, a note to some of them that I know personally, like, hey, if you want to come learn to shoot, I've got a piece of property in Kansas City. I'm 30 minutes from the airport. You can take my truck. I have a range of my property in the gym. Like, come, I'll teach you how to do it. Mm -hmm. I'll teach you how to do it as it relates to our sport, right? I'm not going to ever pride myself to be like, hey, I'm a great fireman instructor, but I can teach you how it applies to our sport and how to go home and train for it. And so I've already had a, quite a few guys and girls come to my property and, and come learn, which is fun. Yeah. So let's talk about that because shooting is a thing, right? And there's a lot of talk, you know, all the time about what's what's proper, what isn't. And you, you're the way, the way you're describing it is it is a sport and it is different and there's application. Can you talk about some of the nuance there and the application between what you might see in like USPSA versus what's happening for TAC games? For, yeah, what's happening for TAC games. Yeah, so great to give question. people perspe perspective. Yeah, so for the people who understand, it's very, so TAC games is very similar to CrossFit. And reason being is because the gentleman who started it, who started the tactical games, 
was private security for Greg Glassman, who started CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a lot of tenants from that sport. Now, CrossFit is a cross, terrible name, right? But a cross between a lot of fitness <laughs> platforms, right? We're going to run, we're going to row, we're going to lift, we're going to ski, we're going to everything, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be well-rounded, kind of mediocre at everything. The tactical games kind of go, goes along that same Good. tenant, right? And so we do two-gun stages, we do long-range stages, we will do USPSA-only, kind of pistol-only stages, carbine-only stages, but then we have our own flavor of stages that no one else does, where it's like very biathlon-esque, right? Where now it's going to, we're going to take your rifle or pistol, we're going to be shooting very small targets at distance, and we're going to be doing with a high heart rate, or a heart rate that you deem is appropriate for you to take those appropriate shots. Mm-hmm. And so very similar to a biathlon perspective. No penalty, no penalty laps, but it's usually, hey, you finished the workout, Scott, pull your target, look at it, say, Hey, you missed 10 shots. That's 10 seconds per miss. It's hundred seconds of your time. And that's your total time. So that's kind of the difference. Whereas USPSA, we're going to be shooting right two on paper, usually hopefully mm-hmm. two alpha, alpha, Charlie, whatever we do stages like that. So we pull from a bunch of different sports. The beauty of what the tactical games is, is what I quickly realized is like, when I started the sport, I was only training for the tactical games. And what I realized is we do USPSA and two gun and long range. Mm -hmm. I realized I have to go out and do these other sports. So the beauty of what we do that's different than other shooting sports is you don't go to many shooting state sports like a USPSA match. They're like, hey, man, we're going to have a two gun match. You should also go do that. Right. They're really going to pitch their sport to try to keep you there. Whereas for us, it's like you want to get you to this sport. Do everything. Do everything. Go do everything. Right. And then come back because you'd be a very well-rounded shooter. Yeah, talk about the, going back to the the actual competition piece, talk about the strategies, because what you were just saying there is there's all these different things. So as you're, you've done this long enough to kind of know, like, this is a, I don't know if this is the right way to look at it because I haven't done it or competed, but like, this is a fitness stage. But he will. Yeah, where I need to, I, I, yeah. I, people people have been on me about it. I'm like, it's probably going to have to yeah, at some point. I'm go through stuff. But go ahead. But the, the point of this is, is the, it, look, this is a fitness stage and this is a shooting stage. And I know I'm going to suck at one of these in this particular sure. thing. And I can and still be competitive as long as I do really well on this end of it versus this end of it. Can you talk a little yeah, bit about so, what's so in your we'll talk about a couple of them. You have a big, a big topic there, right? So a couple of different topics. Number one, how scoring works. Scoring is based upon almost like a grade on a curve, right? So if we go do, hypothetically, we're just going to make this up. We could do a mile run for time, right? And it's just you and me. You run it in 10 minutes and then I run it in 15 minutes. And you're the fastest time out of everybody because there's only two of us, right? You'll get 100 points for that event and then I will get a percentage based upon you. Okay. So it's all based upon, very similar to what you would see for like hit factor scoring for USPSA, right? right. Okay, based on uh, grade on a curve. So then now we have to break down the stages. Because when you go to a USPSA match where they're always going to be shooting stages, I mean, some of them are stationary. Some of them are like, I, I call them benchmarks, but they call them classifiers, whatever the case may be. Some okay. are movement, some are long. Our, when you go to a tactical games event, it's yep. going to be two days. Usually it's Saturday, Sunday. We usually have three main 100-point stages a day. So six total, Saturday, Sunday. And then usually every day we have one, they call them aggregates. If you were a CrossFitter, you would call it a floater which is okay. like, a, it's like a 50 point event. It's less. And they're usually very short. And so usually what happens is you show up Saturday, Scott, and you're going to have three stages that are going to be a complete mix of firearms and fitness together. Okay. So hypothetically, you're going to be like, Hey, Scott, I need you to pick up this hundred pound sandbag. I need you to clean it three times or five times to your shoulder. I need you to run or walk your choice 
50 yards to the firing line. You're going to then going to take eight pistol shots, eight rifle shots on separate targets. And then you're going to pick up your sandbag and bring it back. And you're going to do that three total times. And then when you're done with that, we'll take your time. We'll say, yo, Scott, you finished in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Same as your mile time. Crazy. <laughs> you finished in 10 minutes. And then when everyone's done, because we compete five wide, when everyone's done, the line is declared cold. We'll go down and we'll pull off our papers. So we shoot paper targets, not backers like Ipsix. We use those use the Ipsix as backers, but on the Ipsix is actually white paper targets with shapes on them. Good. So you're trying to shoot shapes. So like, remember I said you're going to shoot eight pistol and eight rifle. Well, you do that three rounds because we shoot specified loadouts, mm-hmm. and so you'll show up. And what they're looking for is 24 shots on target for rifle and for pistol. And anything that's outside of that, let's say you only got 20, then your time is now going to be the misses, 10 seconds per penalty added to your total time. Gotcha. So that's how the three, that's how our major events go. We also do stages that are fitness only or shooting only, and those are the floaters. So like a fitness only stage might be like, row 500 meters for time or hey you got 90 seconds scott can you put this how many times can you put this 150 pound sandbag over this yoke Mm -hmm. all right and then a shooting only stage would be like a uspsa stage or a two gun stage or a long range stage um and that's usually how the weekend breaks down and when you take the whole points across the whole weekend it's usually a really good mix between 50 percent fitness and 50 percent shooting so it's usually you're not going to see someone that shows up that's a gm shooter and sucks at fitness, he ain't going to win. Right. And you're not going to see someone like me when I showed up that's going to be great at fitness and can't hit the broadest out of a barn. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to be, we might do middle of the pack, but we're not going to win. Because if it, if that person won, that program is definitely off. So with the newness of the sport and kind of where you are right now, and you specifically kind of three years into this, into this deal, which is kind of in the front, right? It hasn't been around very long. Yep. How are you watching this evolve? How are you watching things come together in terms of the level of skill slash competition from when you're starting to bridge those two things, fitness and shooting? Like when you got in, it was like, I'm, it's going to take me a while to become a better shooter. I'm yeah. already at the fitness level. So that curve's starting to meet at some point. I'm talking about this like in the overall sport with all How's the newbies. Run? Yeah. Yeah. With all the newbies coming in, how is that that curve coming together? Sure. So before I showed up, and these are stories um, anecdotal from people that have already competed before I showed up. But before I showed up, the targets were very generous, right? And in the first year I showed up and the first competition I did, they were very generous. Now, when I was shooting, I was like, dude, these are hard targets. Right, now, sure. looking back, I'm it's like, relative. dude, those things are yeah. massive. Let's go back to those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we go back to those, those big targets? <laughs> yeah. But as the sport has progressed, they have had to, because they have to challenge people. You don't want to stay the same and you don't want us to show up. And like for me to show up after two years, the programming is very similar. It's not very challenging. And then we're just completely railing it, right? So they have to increase the difficulty of it. So over the past couple of years, we've seen the difficulty increase for the fitness side of things, but also from the shooting side of things, right? We have also, you know, so we're shooting implements that you'd see it any probably uh, level one, level two USPSA stage. We'll shoot spinners. We'll shoot rifles out to 700 yards. Like we will pretty much do anything and everything. And that's the beauty of why you should go out to, you know, large USPSA matches or PRS, PRS matches yeah. and learn these things that bring it back. Because we're not just going to be always shooting paper targets at 50 yards with a rifle. We are going to do that, but we're going to do other things too. Right. So has anybody figured out the formula yet in terms of like how to, how to prep how to game somebody it? for the, yeah. So, when you look at it, if I was like that stage I told you about, I said, hey, you're going to do five sandbag cleans. You're going to run to the line or whatever you want to do with the sandbag, shoot eight and eight, run back. And that's one round. You can do it three times through. If I told you to do that and I said, hey, Scott, 
I want you to do this. And you start doing it and you shoot perfectly. Let's say you don't miss a single shot. You probably worked out too slow, right? And then the other thing can be said, which is what I did when I showed up. Because remember, I'm, I come from a fitness background. So what do I want to do? I want to freaking smash the fitness, Go. right? And then yeah. just see what I can do. I shot like complete crap. Mm -hmm. So there's a good mix in between. I don't want to see you doing 100% shooting because then you probably worked out too slow. And I don't want to see you shoot like complete garbage, but then work out really fast. So there has to be an in-between. And usually my rule of thumb, and other guys would agree with me, is usually what I say is I want you to work out at 85% of your capacity. I want you to shoot 85%. Okay. If you can do that, it can be pretty solid. Got it. So if we're somewhere in the mid-80s, like, and so there's a, there's a percentage on either side, right? Okay. So that's what I was looking for because that's a pretty small margin. You, so you have to do this for a while to understand what those things are. Yeah. So when I, I go back to like, is it, has this been, um, can you, have you gamed it? Has anybody kind of figured out the formula? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the gamification of it right there. And I will admit there are some stages that will change that 84%. So like that stage I told you about, right? The speed at which you're going to do something for a stage, what people don't realize, and hopefully no one's watching this that I compete with, is <laughs> everything you do will be determined by what's downrange. Mm -hmm. Because if I go downrange and let's just say I give you, I'm going to say, hey, you're going to shoot eight pistol, and it's on an, a whole ipsic. At this is a bad example, but at 15 yards, man, you can just blow no, that no thing. Problem. You're just blowing, right. right? Now, if I'm like, hey, Scott, you're going to be shooting a two inch dot at 12 yards, okay, now you're going to be slowing it. it down, right? So your speed at which you do fitness is only dictated by what you see downrange. Because <clears throat> if I see something really small, I know oh, I'm gonna, it's going to be a slow burn down here. Mm -hmm. um, but if I'm seeing something different, then I can go as fast as I want. And so that's how we determine it pretty much. I love it. That, that, that's a real, that's really smart, like advice, whether you wanted to give it to people or not. Yeah. But uh, I, so uh, the, the next question is, is like people coming in, Who's coming into this? I mean, you mentioned like those that have been yeah. doing the CrossFit thing for a while, but who's, who's doing this? Is it different? Is it who you expected? Like what's, it's a good, who so are the, these people? The beauty of the sport, which is why I think it's smart. We see companies getting into this sport is because when you think of a CrossFitter, I liken them to a triathlon or a golfer. They usually have expendable income, yep. right? They're middle-class expendable income. They have time to give and they value their fitness. Now you've taken that genre, that demographic, and you have now sewed it together with people who shoot guns, which also expendable income because yep. you're just shooting and off time. fireworks for and fun. Yep. So now companies, I think, look at this and say, okay, we've got two different genres that we've married together. People that have expendable income that just want to and value fitness, value nutrition, value their health and lifestyle, but are also competitive. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why you see so many people come into this sport. The types of people you see usually are either People like me who are great at fitness understand it. They don't have to be games, CrossFit games style level, but they're, they understand fitness and they don't know how to shoot or they own a gun like me and they think they know how to shoot, but they don't. Mm -hmm. And then you have the other side of the field, which is people who are, um, have guns, very good at shooting and want to get better at fitness. That's usually pretty much the two groups of people you see. That's a big group of people out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a massive market. Yeah. Massive market. What's 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 surprised you most about this as you've come into it? And I, I don't mean that maybe like, I think that's a, that's a very broad question. What surprised you about the, the sport just in and of itself in terms of how quickly it's evolving uh, versus or com as compared to what you saw happening with CrossFit? Yeah, so I don't think TAC Games 
I would love to see it. Believe me, because I get to be at the front end of the sport, right? Like what I view it as like, I can join a sport from the very beginning. Think of like you were able to be rich for when CrossFit started kind of thing, right? And, and anybody could, but any, it was so accessible. Yes. So the difference is the accessibility. tactical games, I don't think will have the ability to grow as fast and as quick as CrossFit because of the accessibility and because firearms are just going to be limiting. Will this, will this create an issue for CrossFit? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's just different, right? The fitness we're going to be doing, I always compare it to CrossFit and I hope people don't freak out and think I'm going to be going there and doing toes to the bar and shooting a gun. Like it doesn't look like that. The movements we do. I think that's good that you said that yes. because I think people, people weird... think it's CrossFit. <laughs> the joke I always make is if we did actual CrossFit, I would win by the largest margin ever because we're not doing actual CrossFit. We're not doing toes to bar and muscle ups and handstand point. walking. We are doing. Going back to Sal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sal <laughs> can't swim either. Um, so we are doing very non-subjective movements. When you watch CrossFit, we have judges. And I'm going to watch you and I'm going to say, hey, you're opening your hips. You're not opening your hips on a deadlift or a squat or you're not locking out the top for muscle ups. And we have to have judges because we do a lot of subjective movement patterns, um, which is fine. And it's, it's repetitive. It's repetitive. I mean, there's a lot of movements, but yes. Um, tat games, we don't have any... We, ha- we don't ever have very many subjective movements. It's very simple. It's like, if I Carry. took you to a dirt range, yeah. what are we going to do for fitness? Probably going to push a sled. You know, we're probably going to like get a sandbag. Remote. We're going to run. We're going to do some shuttle sprints. Climb over some shit. Climb over some stuff. And it's all stuff that's very easy to be judged. It's like, did you Scott either, get that sandbag you over? You did it or you didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we do, how it actually works when you show up and your squad's going, again, we compete five wide. So you're going with four other guys and you shoot and then you clear it. You're done. Everything's cleared. You go pull your target. You go lay your gear down and then you are actually judging for the next squad behind you. Oh, okay. Now, again, you're not judging. You're mainly just counting and making sure they know what they're doing and they're doing it right. You're not saying, oh, you didn't open your hips because as soon as that happens, you can't have fellow competitors doing that. It's, yep. Yeah, it gets weird. But yeah, tag games is not CrossFit meets shooting. A lot of people say it is. You don't want that. You don't want that smoke because it would be, it would be, I would love it, but it wouldn't be fair. Yeah. That makes a lot of it's sense. It's functional fitness in a dirt field. Actually, I've heard, I've heard this before. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've probably been guilty of comparing it to like when people ask, wait, 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 tactical games. Like, hey, it's kind of like CrossFit with guns. So it's not actually a bad comparison. It's bad because what I don't want to happen is people say, oh, it's CrossFit meets guns. So I have to do muscle ups. It's not, but CrossFit can still benefit you to get ready for it. Sure. That's what I did. Now, are there some things that are probably not going to be applicable? Sure. Are we going to do pistols, one-legged squats, pistols? We're going to do muscle-ups? No. But is body awareness and gymnastics and the ability to explosive power from a snatch carry over to tag 100%, games? Absolutely. 100%. But we're not going to do a snatch. Right. So, so, so how does the training differ? <clears throat> like, how do you, let's talk about the training program sure. and how you do things throughout the year, you know, in terms of getting ready for the games, but, but just staying fit, getting in the shooting, getting in the fitness, all that stuff. Cause it's, it's very different going back to the prep stuff yeah. and me asking you the formula about like, has anybody ever figured out like exactly how this should look? I think the answer to that question is going to be, well, that's always going to depend but, person, but yeah. for you, let's talk about you. Yeah. Like, so I'll give a generic answer first because everyone I think should be following the same pattern. And then the specificity should come in on the day to day. Like you and I, if you and I both decided we're doing tech games tomorrow, we've never done it. We should be approaching it a little bit differently, but overall it should kind of look the same. I'm with you. So general, so GPP concept is 
a lot of people, when they jump into a sport like this, immediately want to go overly complicated. Same for USPSA. They immediately, instead of working on the basics, they immediately want to jump three lungs, three lungs, three rungs past and do something more complicated. I want to do running and gunning and shooting the move and transitions. Yeah. It's like, okay, how about you just work on your draw the brakes, and bro. the grip, right? <laughs> yeah. And so for the TAC games, it's very similar. Yeah. People think, okay, well, if we're going to do three 100-point stages per day that are fitness and shooting, then I need to train fitness and shooting combined. Now, I fell into that trap in the beginning. What I realized is I don't need that. What do I need? I need to just shoot and focus on a good grip, good side picture, good trigger squeeze. Skill and fundamental. Exactly. So what I recommend to people and how our seasons work, our season works, is work on just the shooting separate and then work on just the fitness separate. And then as it gets two, three weeks out, combine them a little bit. You know, just try it out. But you should be able to work on just the fitness and the the fitness and shooting separate to improve at it. Because if you're always doing fitness and shooting combined, you're never going to improve at your shooting or at your fitness. You're just going to improve at this, which is not the greatest. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a going back to triathlon, right? As it's a very selfish, lonely sport because to get all of that stuff done in the hours that it takes to get it all done you really got to commit a lot of time and you yeah. also have to have the access to the places to go do yep. it it do you see that as an issue like uh let me think let me ask this question the right way like regionally like do you see people coming from a certain area within the united states whatever they can yep. that are able to do this i mean you just said you're in kansas it's right? cold right now i guess no right so there's that but there's also you have property there's land yeah. there are it's just not a normal, like, but if you, I'm from San Jose, California, if you're trying to do this in, in San Jose, California, unless you know somebody with some private property, yeah. right. Where you can go out and shoot, shoot to distance, right. Yeah. Shoot your pistol, shoot your rifle, all that stuff. It's going to be tough. You could do all the fitness all day long, sure. but, but this piece, I mean, what are, are you seeing trends there? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure a couple of people hate me. That's okay. Cause I have the perfect setup for it but I've set myself up to have that perfect setup for this. When, as soon as I found it, I'm like freaking going all in on this. You can get away. I know a lot of people who are very competitive, who do not shoot very often, but dry fire a crap ton. Mm. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like you obviously need to work on recoil control, but for a majority of our points, say like these three, three 100 point stages, we're not shooting that fast. I'm so not going, I'm not throwing doubles down range, right? Mm-hmm. Or anything faster than that. I'm not doing freaking 0.2 splits. We are shooting, hey, I'm going bang. It's accuracy. Bang. It's right? accuracy. We're shooting bullseye shooting. So like your dry fire and just trigger prep and press is money. And if you need to understand that, understand holds for your rifle, where's my bullet at from here to 500 yards as it relates to my, my optic, then you're golden. That's all you need. So you don't need to shoot every day. Do I? Yeah. Because you I'm also, but yeah, but I'm also playing catch up. Like I'm trying to shoot and compete with guys that have been like Sal's been shooting for yeah, grandmaster or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so I'm playing catch up for years of lost time. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, dry fire, like for our sport is money. Now like USPSA, probably a little bit harder. Some of them might argue differently, but like there are obviously things that you cannot practice as much in USPSA for dry fire, but tack games is pretty simple you can get away with dry fire pretty easily well that's uh, that's that's awesome to hear because i think that's the thing maybe that limits people yeah it's like oh well i just don't have time to shoot or i don't have time to do this yeah. right i don't have access so i'm just not gonna not gonna play yeah um but uh, coming from you maybe that encourages people to maybe yeah. give it a try if you can get to the range like 
once a month at a minimum, wow. I think you're fine because you can work on all those skills. Like I can't shoot in the winter. So what am I? I'm in my barn dry firing on paste-it note, post-it notes on the wall. And that's fine because it carries over to shooting. So Yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk about the community there, just, you know, with the people coming in. I mean, you've had a lot of experience in a lot of other, a lot of other things, a lot of other places. Um, I, I'll be honest, like when I've gone out to USPSA and stuff, I've had <laughs> I've not competed in USPSA, but kind of hang around that stuff. It's some interesting, interesting factions, some interesting clicks yeah. and things like that. You've spent way more time around that than me and obviously a ton, ton on the, the tech game side of things. Can you make a comparison or a contrast? Yeah, so obviously I compare everything to where I came from, to my background, but the TAC games reminds me of like 2013 CrossFit. Like, it, you hear many stories of back in the day in CrossFit, and I was a part of it back in the day, of like you'd show up and if, you know, you don't know how to do a muscle up, someone's in the back who's going to compete next to you going to help you. Well, guess what? When I showed up my first TAC games, my rifle wasn't zeroed and Sal zeroed it. I didn't hit anything, but, (laughs) but like, that's my point of like the community is there to help you. I want you to come back because I want the sport to grow. Cause I want this to continue. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if this sport dies tomorrow, I'm not, I'm not having the the wherewithal to start this back up. So God bless the guys who are running it. So I should help them to have that sport grow. So the community is really awesome. We got some good people. Cause I mean, you've essentially taken, and when you go to uh, an event, it's just a bunch of CrossFitters. And then a bunch of shooters and they're all just hanging out, shooting guns. Everyone's having a good time. Sounds like fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a stinking blast. So what is, if anything, like, again, with the compare and contrast, and it's not, it's not maybe fairish. This is my, satisfying my own curiosity sure. in asking this. <clears throat> what does the TAC games need to look out for with regard to growing this thing and keeping their arms around it to avoid some of the things that maybe happened with CrossFit over the years? I don't think, I mean, CrossFit has issues because of HQ and just probably leadership. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. So, um, the CrossFit issue is you've definitely started a company that grew really quick Mm -hmm. and we started a company together and Scott is the only guy in our company that has an Instagram. And I'm like, Scott, you have an Instagram? Cool. You're a social media manager. And that's how most small, small companies start. But at some point, scalability becomes a problem. And you think to yourself, okay, I've outgrown it. I now probably need to put Scott in a different position and actually hire someone for the spot. So at some point, I'm sure TAC Games will run into that issue. Um, but Nick's, the guy running it, smart dude. He knows what he's doing. And he's also got, he's got a lot of people. Like I have no vested interest. You know, like, you know, I'm not an investor in TAC Games, but... Do I have a vested interest in tech games? Absolutely. And there's a bunch of us that do. So Nick's got a good support squad of people that'll speak in his life or help out in a moment's notice. Um, But at some point when it overgrows, I think not overgrows because the tech games will run to a scalability issue at some point because they only have events when they plan events, right? And so now you've got a small team or a medium team that you have to grow to now plan multiple events across the nation. This could be an issue, but... They're going to do a good job, I think. Yeah, so I I have no doubt that they will. And obviously, they have another model to kind of look at in mm. terms of how to do this versus before. So this is me saying this. This isn't Jacob saying this. Yeah. From the outside looking in, you, you mentioned the HQ issue. I think there were some cultural issues there, too. And that's just... Yeah, hey, you're from San Jose. This that's freaking... That's, that's, that's right. HQ headquarters, right. pretty much. And you were mentioning, like, uh, you know, Jason. Yeah. Um, who I admire highly and think of dearly. Um, in fact, I've had some time to spend with him and he's just, he was so gracious with he's it. Here. Yeah. I, I figured he would be, um, 
Yeah, hopefully I'll run into him down there. I'm sure you reach will. out to him. It's, everybody's here, damn dude. <laughs> I listen to my voice. I've been yelling at people for the last three days. Like we just, it's been all so sound many, like a smoker tomorrow. Yeah, I know. Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, going back to the culture thing. Uh, I think there's some lessons to be learned there and kind of how that was handled. But going back to <clears throat> what the athletes or the participants in the sport brought to it, like that there was really, really strong culture there. And that needed to be nurtured. It was being cultivated. And I'll, I'll come back to these, these terms like trajectory and um, velocity. It got wild, right? Got, and I think there were some things that maybe could have been done to take a better care. Yeah. And maybe... Obviously, in in competition, ego has a lot of lot lot to do with it. And without pointing out any anything that you know, a lot of people don't already know, it it appeared to me that sometimes HQ thought they were bigger than the sport. Yeah, and I mean, and that's the that, sport was there because the affiliate owners. Yes, and and so in the grand scheme of things, Nick's got a great company. Yeah, but if all the athletes decide not to show up. There's, no, there's no company, right? It's the same thing for affiliates, right. right? Like there's no CrossFit games, no athletes show up. There's no CrossFit, there's no affiliates. And so they need to really, they're still having the same problems oh. with CrossFit affiliates. So, I mean, that, that's, that's also the fitness business, right? Yeah. You know, so it's like feast or famine and everybody's trying to get some. Um, so going back to like the trajectory and the velocity of what's going on, it appears that obviously the tactical is very, very, very popular right now. And you're, you're, you're a huge part of that. I mean, yeah. People look up to you as a hero in, in the sport and you're an awesome ambassador for it, right? Thank you, know, you. Again, like you're yeah. not, you don't get paid by the tactical games yep. to, I, as an affiliate or whatever, right? It, yeah. Because think about it. It's like, if I can be with the, the sport in the forefront in the beginning, but help them grow, it's awesome. Everybody wins. Yeah. Every, everyone's going to have a good time. Every, I, I would love in 10 years, look back and be like, and be done. And be like, dude, this sport is dope. It, right. It's got doper in 10 years. So how do we keep it that way is my yeah. question. So going back, like with CrossFit, there was the affiliate program, right? It, anybody could open one of these. Oh. And that was the beauty. It was also a double-edged sword. But it, ultimately, in the end, the cream started to rise to yep. the top. And then I think the cultural issues ruined some things. I, that's neither here nor there at this point. I'm just looking at tech games going... Can you have attack games affiliate? They do. Right? And what does that look like? Yeah, so, so talk they to have me about it's that. essentially what it is, and I am not um readily a part of this, so take my words with a grain of salt. Um, okay. but they have a skirmish program. And how the skirmish program works is um, let's say I have I have a range. I mean, it's not, not an actual range, but whatever. I have a range in Kansas City and I love tack games. And there's a lot of people around me that also love tack games. I can essentially sign up to be a to run skirmishes at my at my range and tech games will give me programming, help me to de- help me design it, give me advice. Maybe I have them. They would prefer if a range had done a competition before or understands it. Like, or I like have. hosted something. Yeah, they yeah. host it and then tech games will promote it and they'll help you out with it. Okay. Recommendations. And so it's very similar to an affiliate concept. And so they do affiliate. Um, they do skirmishes all the time, like staccato ranch. They're all over. They have them on their website. They do, they do skirmishes all the time. And their skirmish is essentially a one day, not as competitive. Like a tack game is a two-day event. Competitive, there's a winner at the end. A skirmish is like, Scott, you've never done before. Show up. It's for fun. The the people next year are going to be helping you out during it and giving you advice, whereas tech games it's, is not. It's competitive, but it's not really. It's like an on-ramp, but a competitive on-ramp Oh, ah, that's course. a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah that's a CrossFit it. term for it. Mm-hmm. So they have skirmishes across <laughs> the nation already. So that, that's kind of their route into that concept of the affiliate program. Okay. So the next part is, is the games piece, yep. right? And how you, 
going back to comparing the other thing, it exploded, right? And there were games that everybody knew. I mean, they were everywhere. And then you didn't have as many athletes and they had to maybe scale back a little bit and scale back a little bit more. Where is it? Where is the sport right now in terms of the games, like the game schedule and, you know, going to these competitions and where it ends up at the end of like the year? Like how's our season work? Yeah, but I'm talking about the growth of this. Hmm. You know, like it seemed like before it was fucking wildly out of control, Jacob. Like what I mean with, with, with CrossFit, it was like all of a sudden there was a couple hundred people. Next thing you know, there's a couple hundred thousand people like oh, literally games. overnight. Yeah. Like how do you scale? How do you, how do you control this <laughs> or nurture I don't that? know that answer. That's a tough thing. That's not a, not a problem that I obviously have to source or help yeah, out with. Sure. But um, I know one thing they're changing. So we have nationals every year in November beginning of November. It's always in Texas because it's very local to them. It's easy to get to, usually in uh, North Austin. And so this past year at Nationals was, it was at Scotta Ranch. It was huge. And it was, because we've got, when you go to the CrossFit Games, you only have teens, masters, the regular people, the elite, what do you want to call them? And then teams. So teens, masters, age group, whatever. When you go to the tactical games, you've got masters, intermediate division, tactical division, elite division. You've got teams like it's almost too much, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what Nick has decided, which I'm sure people have grumbled about, not enjoyed it, but it's a good decision. I think is he was limited by what he could do this year in terms of a spectacle of fitness and shooting Mm -hmm. because of how many people he had. Think of like Wadapalooza. Wadapalooza is a big CrossFit competition and they, it, they've, they vouch themselves on community. They're a big community. Well, because they have so many people there, they can't do that much. I think Nick came into the same issue. So this year, I believe we are only, they dropped intermediate. I think they're only doing like masters and elite, maybe tactical occupation. I'm not sure. So he's dropping it. So he's making a smart play where it's like, okay, let's show the best of the best. Let's kind of showcase this. There's still a crap ton of other competitions to go to. They're just not going to, to my knowledge, not going to have intermediate at nationals. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it gives somebody something to strive for. You, you can control it a mm-hmm. little bit. And when I say control it, I mean, some people may look at that as a, as a bad thing. It's like, you know, you're trying to keep people out, you're gatekeeping, you only want the best. This is a boys club, all of that stuff. Or you can look at it going, no, we're trying to maintain the continuity and integrity of what it is that we're trying to provide. What are we here. looking for? Yes. So like that CrossFit has run that issue a couple times where it's like, what's the goal of the CrossFit games? Mm-hmm. to find the fittest on earth. Right. So like if your goal is to find the fittest on earth then all decisions you've made for the CrossFit Games should always point back to that perspective. So at the end of the games, you point at one person, male and female say they accomplished that task. So Nick has to ask himself the same question of saying, Hey, what are my goals, the TAC games? And then how do I get there? Now, nothing wrong with having masters, nothing wrong with tactical. Um, I think it's a good decision. I'm sure people don't like it, but also remember we have like 12 other tactical games events throughout the whole year. Yeah, go do that. So, yeah, go do that. I, I do them all the time. You know, there's only one national. So it's a good decision, I think. Yeah, not everybody gets to win. I mean, yeah. at that level yeah. is, is my point. Yeah. We're going to give you an opportunity to do it in this way, but at your level, it's a it's a different deal. And yeah. It should remain special. It should remain that way. Otherwise, it, I think it easily gets out of control. Then it gets weird. Yeah, because then it's like, well, how come he made it and I didn't make it and I wasn't given the same opportunity and well, this guy should really be in it, but he had this thing. And so we have to work around that versus no, there's a clear path to this and this is how you you get there. I think that's important. I'm really actually, so you've given me more insight on this than I 
ever could have imagined. But and I was hoping you could do that because from the outside looking in, I think, and I have to be really honest with this, um, I've had some some conversations with some people who are deep into both sides. Um, I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop on this one. I was going, well, we'll see how this goes and see if they can keep it together, sure. and whatever. And I've been, it's been so positive to watch it move in the right direction. You yeah. know what I don't get, and I'm not that, in, I'm not that intact with the whole thing, but um, I don't get that there's there's a lot of drama. You know what I see is I mean, there's always going to be that, but I don't see the outside bullshit that I've seen yeah. in the. Again, it's all these affiliates. They could be literally across the street from one another, and you guys are all trying to do the same thing. We're, we're all yeah. trying to work together here, but there was this. Constant yeah. battling going forward. And you know what? I don't really see that. I don't know what the culture is like. So, there. I mean, I've even, let's not even compare CrossFit to this sport. Let's just talk about other shooting sports. Period. I've been to shooting competitions where I have lost all respect for men in my squads and being like, you're a straight up grown ass baby. That's what I was saying at like, the beginning. And I've been around these things where I'm like, you know what? I don't like, want to go spend eight hours with a bunch of no, fucking assholes. No. Sorry for my, my language. Yeah, like, it's just, you it, guys are dicks, man. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, I think I'm, I'm a male, so I only speak from male perspective. I think every male should have something to compete in their life. It yeah. doesn't have to, you don't have to be elite at it. It doesn't have to be athletic. It could be, I, I enjoy playing chess in the park mm. or I enjoy bowling or I enjoy tack games or I enjoy you, whatever. Instant, whatever the heck it is, but you need something in your life to compete at. And I understand, but when we go to like just PCSL matches or whatever matches and you're just complaining as much, it's like, dude, why are you even here? You're not even here to win. What are you, what are you complaining yeah, about? Like, you're not who, even that good. Who gives a crap? We, there's no money on the podium. What are you complaining about? Right. So, um, and the beauty of our sport is there still like, we still have issues with scoring here. Yeah. That happens in every sport, but we don't see that as much. And that's what I like about it. Now, as it grows, I'm sure it'll happen because even if our sport, let's say currently has half a percent of people that um, complain about scores and are an issue, right? That's as true. the score grows, that half of one percent is going to also grow too. Yeah, as long as it stays relative to the to the whole. And I'm fine with that. You are always going to have that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's you know that ultimately the few people inside police that. Yeah, like they they play into it. They give it oxygen or or fuel, or they don't, and yeah. it kind of goes away. Or people end up isolating themselves. Where so so just going back to the growth, like we saw CrossFit go like international. Mm. What's going on with TAC games? Yeah, and I can't be able to do that. That's so tough, <laughs> man. Why? <laughs> well, okay. What do you international? We do have a lot of Canadians that compete. Okay, um, so that's cool. Um, How that dude up there is trying to take away all the guns up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to do that. They show up with Canadian rifles. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I see a couple rifles. I'm like, how the heck does that rifle work, man? Oh yeah. Um, Or, I mean, a lot of us will show up with multiple rifle backup rifles. So when people show up and they're like, "Hey, I'm coming from Canada, so I have a backup rifle." Yep. my rifle will get used multiple times that weekend by different people. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we we swap equipment all the time, but um, not swap but share. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of tough to do internationally. Like it depends on the country, the country's laws. And then you have to have someone that you trust to father and run that brand, Nick's brand in Somewhere another country. Yeah, and thing. he's not, you know, he's not flying out to random country. He's not flying out to Bolivia to check on this guy running his version of the sport. Right. Mm-hmm. So will other variations of, of tat games pop in other Probably. countries? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. There's already someone on the state side. But that's okay. Like, you, you know, you're onto something good when people try to copy it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So. Let's talk about the gear and stuff. Like, you know, because you, you've shot, yep. again, all the other, uh, you know, types of things on the 
on the uh, on pure shooting side of things. What can you what can you teach me about what I would need to come equipped with if I was walking into the games? Like because because I think you talked a little bit about the money and the things that maybe there's barriers for entry sure. on everything, but on this one particular, like yeah. because you're going to need some stuff to get started, and I think that might intimidate or overwhelm some people. Yeah. So what I normally tell people is, come what you got. Like you might show up to your first one, Scott, and you've got a rifle. Let's assume you already have a rifle and a pistol on the belt. Okay. And uh, you show up at the first one. So these are basic things. Yeah, I'll, I'll cover it in a second. Yeah. Okay. So you show up at your first one and you've gone out and bought Gucci gear for it. Let's just say you show up and you hate it. Well, now what are you going to do with your Gucci gear? Right. Like, what a waste of your money. So instead, hey, you've got a stock Glock in your house and you've got a Bushmaster rifle. Money, show up. Show up and you'll learn what you need when you show up there. Or the best other option, what you do for a lot of people, is they'll shoot to my property. They'll bring their rifle and their pistol, and I'll be like, you don't need that, you don't need that, and just take things off their gun. We run very slick equipment where we don't put a whole lot of crap on it at all. Mm-hmm. So basic necessities. Obviously, pistol, um, 9 millimeter. you can run 40, but most people run 9. Um, in terms of what you can run on the pistol, um, I've seen everything. You see anything? On, we all are going to run red dots this year on our pistols. So you don't have to run irons anymore. You can, but you don't have to. Well, that was a requirement before. That was a requirement in the past for certain divisions. Okay. So in. So like USPSA. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but it was a requirement for the division you were in. So like if you were in the elite division last year, you had to run irons. Now we took a democratic vote. All the athletes voted last year at nationals who qualified. We voted to have red dots allowed. Smart. So yeah, kind of cool. The target's going to get a lot smaller, but whatever. Here we're, yeah, but this just goes back to keeping it pure, but also like narrowing it down to what are we really trying to do here. Yeah. I think most would agree, like not that you can't shoot irons. I shoot, shoot irons sometimes, but look, the red dot thing is here. It's, yeah. it's arrived and it provides some. It, it's I'm not, glad that I learned on irons though. And Same. instead of going with red dots, Same. because I, if I go back to irons, I'd be like, uh, do what with the what? I don't disagree with what? that. I don't think there's going to be a lot of argument with that. But the, but at the end of the end of the day, like red dots going to give you some help. Yep. Right. Yep. And if you're Absolutely. trying, if you're trying to find the best, the fastest, which is part of this, yep. the most accurate, it's going to be helpful. So you should be doing that at some level. I get it. So anyway, so I, I mean, honestly, though, I would argue for argument's sake, because I'm here for it. Let's argue. I would argue I can be more accurate with a irons than I can with a red dot every day of the week only because and this is I wish I should, I should have had a target with me because I could have shown it so like hypothetically let's say big you, piece of paper you're gonna make a lot of people mad right yeah, now yeah big, <laughs> I got a big big piece of paper okay okay and we are shooting we shoot certain targets that are hard to shoot because your optic or your what you're putting it on will cover it up so at, if we at shoot at distance at distance let's say we're shooting a triangle Okay. If I'm shooting a triangle and I put that red dot on a triangle, let's say you have like a 2.5 or 4.0 MOA, right? right? I can't see that freaking triangle at 15 yards. Yeah, it's it's just blurred big. out. But I can lollipop that round with the iron sight. I can put my rear sight down here, put my, my front, um, front end up here, and I can lollipop that thing in there all day long. And I, I can see the whole target. And I can still see my hits. The sport is a little bit different compared to most sports because if you're USPSA, you're not looking at your target for your hits. No. You're throwing two down range, third one if you think you threw one, and you're moving on. It's going. You're yeah. going, right? You're moving. For us, it's different. Like we talked about for splits. I'm not throwing .2 splits down range. I'm going to throw good, accurate shots on target that I know. And I'm okay looking over my sights to see my target to make sure I'm hitting it because 
can be confusing for some people, but depending upon what fitness we do will absolutely change your pistol shots down range. Rifle's usually pretty fine, but if I was like the workout we talked about, we did sandbag. You're doing sandbag, and let's say you only shot pistol, okay? So you're shooting your pistol, you got a good grip, you're shooting pistol, you're doing fine, whatever. If we change the sandbag, and instead I said, it's going to be a heavy farmer carry back and forth, your grip is shot, your pistol round is not going to go where you think it's going to go when you shoot that, and you might have the same grip you ran, but you're just have give a weak support hand grip, mm-hmm. and it's gone. So I'm going to look over my sights every couple rounds. You don't do that in any other sport. I mean, people do, but they quickly realize that's a waste of your time. But in our sport, we absolutely do because I have to make sure it's on target. So I argue, at least for our sport, I think iron is a little bit more accurate than red dot, at least for our sport. Now, I cannot outweigh the speed associated with the red dot with irons, so iron, in my mind, red dot's the way to go. Okay, so just at the end there, I didn't know you were going to come I back. I will to go this. with, I am competing in red dot this year with a red dot because while I think I can be, let's say, 3% more accurate with irons, I can shoot 20% faster with a red dot. Yeah, so that's the, there's your that, answer. That's my answer. There's your answer. Now, I still think you shoot that. If I was only going to be shooting no speed stages, only accuracy, depending upon the target downrange, I would consider irons gotcha. a very slim front sight. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's a really good explanation. Yeah. As, as it applies to the sport, my sport, yeah. any other sport out the window because gotcha. we're a different sport. So for those people, those internet tools that are going to say like, well, Jacob said, Jacob said irons are better. better. <laughs> he did not I'll fucking send you my address. It. You can send me giraffe poop in the mail. It's fine. <laughs> Just send it anonymously. All right. So go back to the equipment stuff. So essentially we got off on a little bit of, it's we okay. got off on the red dot thing. pistol. You had a red on your pistol. Yeah. Can't run this super, super extended magazines. Other than that, you're golden. Run any pistol you got, right? I've seen, you know, like for instance, what's the craziest thing you've seen? Um, it's not, it doesn't get super crazy. The rifle sometimes gets crazy, but not crazy per se. But remember, we shoot specified loadouts, so we might go up to the firing line and we'll be like, "Hey, Scott, you need to show up with ten rounds, three mags of twelve pistol." Well, some people don't have the capacity for twelve, so they've got to like use multiple mags and start counting rounds, and like that kind of sucks, right? So. I usually tell people, if you can have at least the magazine capacity of at least 12, okay. you're golden. Okay. Okay. Rifle. Two, two, three, five, five, six. Uh, you might be able to shoot different calibers, but that's just going to be everyone shooting that pretty mm-hmm. much. Okay. Um, we can run off that offset red dots this year. So in the past, we could not run offset red dots. We couldn't have any powered magnification only on our main. Okay. okay? So... In the past, you would see people show up sometimes with a three by with a flip up magnet or a one by with a flip up magnifier. You know, first shooting out to 700, 500 yards, that's tough. You're holding it. People can, people can still do it. Yeah, I can. But the beauty <laughs> of you, what you want more magnification for, which is what I preach for, is if we have to shoot paper at 100 yards, you aren't going to do max magnification when you're shooting that paper at 100 yards. But you want in your first couple rounds, you want to make sure point of aim is point of impact or you know your hold's right and then back it off and lace it. You just want to, you just want to, you just want to check it. You're like, I'm good. Okay, cool. I'm going to lace it back to where I think I'm going to lace it at. That's the only reason why you'll see people are in a, a higher magnification. So because that a couple of years ago, past years, honestly, the king, uh, I think optics were going to be LVP, LVP lows, right? They were one by tens, two by tens, whatever the case may be, that's what they're going to be running. Now with your ability to run offset red dots or one buys on the side, 
you're going to see a lot of us run. I think I'm going to run a 3.5 to an, to an 18 this year. Interesting. Um, I'm going to run higher magnification only because now at 200 yards, we shoot paper. Mm-hmm. I can see hits. I know I'm good. And then I'll back off and just shoot the same spot. Um, real quick, only in the first round, I'm going to shoot pretty much at the first firing sequence. Oh, I love that. So, and then on the handguard, easy people show up with all sorts of crap. I run it slick. Yeah. Why, why you don't need lights or lasers. Uh, yeah. Or you don't need lights and lasers. No need in that. That's right. But like some people will run barrier stops because mm-hmm. we shoot a lot of barrier. I think it gets in the way. If you're going to have to come in and out of a barrier, just learn how to C clamp your golden all day of the week. Um, do we run a sling? Um, that's pretty much it for the rifle, right? Um, Plate carrier wise, uh, we run 15 pounds for men and I think 12 pounds for women, something like that. Okay. And that's slick. So nothing on there, 15, 12 pounds, a little less than what I'm used to for CrossFit, which is 20 and 15. Okay. Uh, and that can be any plate carrier you want. Like if you get there and you're like, people freak out, like, how do I get to 15 pounds? If you get there and it's 14 pounds, throw a couple pebbles in it. Like yeah. they don't care. As long as it weighs fine and you don't take the pebble out later, you're golden. So as you can do it any way you want. Okay. Um, Belt wise, um, obviously pistol, you can do first level retention, but because we do so much movements and running, it comes out, it could come out. So go second level, just, you know, sanity factor, go second level. You can do third level if you want. Because your draw time doesn't, isn't a factor, Yeah, exactly. Like that workout we talked about, like you're not dropping the sanity bag in the drawing and loading and shooting. Right, you're you're honestly probably like <sighs> taking it hands on hips for a second. Five seconds, yeah. shaking your hands out, pulling it out, loading it, and then shooting, right? So there's no draw time. Now, when we do USPSA or two gun styles, sure, that plays into a part, but it's not what is that percentage? That's a small percentage. Yeah, five percent of your score, who cares? Yeah. Your draw times are that important. Got it. So that's your um that's your holster. Uh and then mag retention wise, at most you need the ability to hold five pistol and five rifle. Okay. So, but that can be anywhere. People seem to think, oh, I have to have all of my hips. All of my hips <laughs> or all of my placard, right? A lot of us compete very minimally. I'll put my pockets. I don't care. This isn't about reloads. This is no. about just having enough exactly. to get through the stage. Now, when we do a fast run and gun stage, yes, I'm going to make sure we don't have five mags for that. Like, I right. don't need five mags. So, yeah, I will make sure those are on my hip and a good spot to get to. Right. I'm not digging around my back pocket for a pistol mag to reload it, right? right? But in terms of, like, the majority of our stages, yeah, you can put them anywhere. I've carried them in my mouth one time. Who cares? Like, it is, <laughs> is whatever. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever orifice you can fit that magazine, you roll with it, man. So, um, and that's pretty much it. And then, of course, eye pro, ear pro. Right. Uh, and then solid ammo that you know how to zero and true to. And then you're golden. It's really simple. So people seem to think, oh, I have to have the best, the best. You don't have to. Show up. I've seen a lot of guys who are great shooters with stock Glocks outshoot me. I've seen guys show up with iron sights and shoot at the 500 yards and outshoot me. Like, as long as you know your equipment, the next question you always get is, well, what should I zero my gun to? Whatever zero, you know right. the best. Yeah. Like, um, I was so. going to ask it. You already covered it, period. That's the end of the Yeah. Like the last year, I've, I've, in the past couple of years, I've run a, a 50 and a 200 yard zero. And this year, I'm going to change to a 100 yard zero. So a little bit of learning process. I think it's going to be a better, better fit for me. So, so the question everybody's going to want to know yeah, the next is, you know, what is the gear that you're running, right? Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about like pistol rifles. We don't have to get into ear pro and eye pro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Gucci gear. That's, I mean, I'm running, I'm going to run a 2011 platform from Atlas. It's a nine millimeter nice. platform. I am testing out a couple different of Atlas Gunworks platforms. So I'm testing out in the previous years, I've run a Titan with iron sights, 
Reason being, it was one of their only iron sight pistols that had a five inch bull barrel. Obviously, when I'm shooting irons, I want that thing yep. because it's marksmanship based. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want a four point six. So um, now with a red dot, I don't I don't need five inches. So I can do four point six. So I'm testing out their Erebus, their Titan, their Athena, and they've dropped an Apollo. So I'll probably try that. Well, that's here today. I'm not going to try it here. So we'll test out a few, couple different options um, for the pistol. We're on a Delta Point Pro on the top um, for the optic. Rifle wise, we'll run a Cobalt sixteen inch. I might change it to an 18. Um, we'll have to kind of see. We don't, for our rifles, in the past, we used to have a, wear it on our body and sling it. We don't do that anymore. It's actually a good point to say this so people don't freak out. When we're at the firing line and we shoot our shots, we have a specific clearing procedure we go through. That way, everything we have off the line is always cold. Remember okay. I said you were judging the next person behind you? That's that your is job. your job. Got it. That is your job to make sure that person has cleared that pistol the way that we clear our pistols, whether it's striker or 1911, mm-hmm. same way for your rifle. So essentially it's, hey, I've shot my last rifle round. Remember it's specified loadout. So hopefully my bolt locks to the rear. Right. I'm going to drop mag, send bolt home, look down range, preferably on my target, pull trigger, click, I'm done. I'm good. That's safe. That's mechanically safe. In the past, we would sling our rifles and compete with them. There's still that small 1% or 1% that that guy still got up around in the chamber, right? It never happened, but like, you don't want that. You don't want that even to be an option. So now we have wood or like a little spot on the ground, off the ground that's raised. So when we clear our rifle, we lay it down range. It's great. So because that, we don't have to like worry about weight as much on our rifles. So we will run sometimes longer rifles, bigger optics because we can get away with it. Cause we're not running with it as yeah, much. You, you, I mean, it's yeah. a sport, man. You Ex- got to game it until we have to do offset shooting where we're just staying or offhand. We're just standing and it's like, okay, this is really freaking heavy. Right. But in terms of rifle, I run a 16 inch cobalt. Um, and then on the top, I'll run a 3.5 to 18 Leopold Mark five. Um, and then offset, uh, optic on a Delta point pro Ammo wise, I'll shoot a 147 grain mm-hmm. um, for the uh, pistol just because it's cycles better on that pistol and a it, hotter. It, yeah, a little hotter. Um, rifle wise, I'll run a 75 grain. Um, I'll run a 75 grain for anything past 100 yards, anything closer, any two gun stage, I'll run a 55. Big. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna burn my barrel out shooting heavy ammo at a close target. Gotcha. Um, so these are considerations with as much training as you're doing and I've done a 55 grain, um, yeah. a, a bunch in the beginning, and then when you the first time you see your round, just go, you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like I'm over this. Right. Um, and so, um, that's pistol, that's rifle. That's pretty much, and then belts, just regular right. G code, whatever. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So. I mean, you're breaking it down. I, everybody's going to want to yeah. that the answers to those questions. So we see you training a bunch. Like, so let's just talk about like where we're at right now with your own training and what's going on. Like, it's yeah. winter. It's winter. It's cold. It's There's cold. snow on the ground. Yeah. Like, what do you like? What's life look like out there on the on the on the farm for 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 uh, now? For Jake so I'm obviously working out in the bunch at the barn. I got a barn on my property, fully functioning gym, pretty much. It's not a commercial gym; it's just a private gym. But yeah. I have a lot of people come in and train. Uh, I'm actually competing in early May in a fitness and archery comp that is very similar to TAC Games. I had no idea those existed. They don't, really. It's like the second year they've done one. It's through, you ever heard of um, something, a company, First Form? Yeah. First Form puts it on. <laughs> It'll awesome. be at a Frisella's range. They, down. He would be doing that. Yes, yeah, so they're in St. Louis. So they're like 44 hours away from me. That's fantastic. So they essentially had a large archery competition, fitness and archery combined. Think of like, 
do a bunch of burpees and shoot an arrow and then do it four times through. And we shoot a target and that you know, target plus scored. our time is scored. Very yeah. sim attack games. So I'll do that kind of final championship in May. I'm not good at shooting a bow, but I'm really have good. Fun. At, yeah, but it's something different yeah, for me, you know? Yeah. And so um, right hey. now we're shooting a lot of bow because um, I can shoot that indoors. It's inside, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, do a lot of dry fire. Um, when it gets warmer, I can shoot outside. Um, but I normally take a long off season. I don't compete. A lot of guys will compete really quickly. I take a long off season to fix things. And um, one of the things I'm not good at is long range shooting. So I need to fix that. And so, um, there's a lot of things I have to fix before the season starts. How's the body? Fine. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fitness in tack games is not like people will complain at the end of the weekend. Like this is really tough. I'm like, you the CrossFit Games was there to beat you down. It was a spectacle where it was like, I'm a gladiator in a ring. I'm going to try to survive these four days and to win. Mm-hmm. And so the tag games will never be close to that in terms of fitness. So um, it's not that hard compared to, I mean, it's as hard as you want to go. Because again, remember I said, I'm only working out at 85%. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm getting done the weekend being like, I am toasted. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about all the other things that are going on. So when we sat down, we, we sort of talked about Under Armour and whatnot. I mean, you're basically, you're a professional athlete. This is what you do. You train, you train all year long. You got any endeavor, any other endeavors that you're working on? You uh, my wife on? and I are entrepreneurs at heart. And so we own a lot of different businesses, um, all over. Um, we got some fun ones to talk about, some not fun ones to talk about, fun ones to talk about. Let's talk about that. Uh, fun ones. Um, these are the ones that are a lot easier for people to understand. We live kind of out in the middle of nowhere, not really, but out of town. And we hated driving our stinking dog in to get a groom done. They have mobile pet grooming vans. Mm-hmm. And we could, we got him to come out one time. It was awesome. It was convenient. Could never get him to come back out. We're like, okay, we should need to start one up. So we own multiple vans. Uh, we, we were part of a franchise, but we have two vans in Kansas City. They're a mobile pet grooming vans called Zoom and Groom. How's this going? Dude, it's, it's the easiest thing ever to sell. It's so easy. The funny thing is we realized, yes, a couple days ago, I'm not a big sports guy. My wife told me this, but one of the the starting chiefs receiver uses our, his dogs. Oh, go there. Right? Yeah. Rashid Rice, I think is his name. I don't know. He's a client. You didn't know. Yeah. Didn't know. <laughs> didn't know a couple days ago. So, um, yeah, we have two vans that work. We have like five to six groomers, um, I don't groom the dogs, obviously, but five or six groomers that are in the van that drive around to house to house. We have um, uh, a general manager that runs it and then we own it and operate and take care of the whole thing. So that's the fun company. That's one of the fun, understandably fun companies. But then we also own a lot of, I own an online nutrition company, online fitness company. Um, I also have, am in the tech space. I've bought and sold companies in the tech space from software and also work part-time for a bunch of software companies. Uh, And then my wife does a bunch of neighborhood magazines She's an entrepreneur by heart too inside Kansas City. The reason I asked is because I'd, I'd gotten a sense and I didn't, hadn't really heard all the details, but I'd gotten a sense that, I mean, if anybody hasn't met Jake and they've, they've hung in this long, like that you're, you're an energizer bunny. You, know, you, I, re- you really are. So pe- people seem to think the, fun, the, the joke is, uh, the joke in the TAC games, uh, Jared Halbert and I are good friends. He used the previous owner of TAC games. Great shooter, great athlete. And he always jokes, he's like, yeah, people seem to think that all you do is just sit around and shoot and work out all day long. <laughs> I'm like, that's all you see on social media, right. but like, that's not what I'm doing. Like I have other, yeah. same thing you're doing. Like I have other putting out fires left and right, yeah. and then I get to go shoot. Right. So that's the, that's the church, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Got to pay the bills somewhere, yeah, right? Exactly. So, so yeah. what's up for you, the rest of the shot show, man? What are, what are you going to be doing? So I'll be at the Under Armour booth. Um, I'll be at Magpul. Great. Good friends with Magpul. Freaking mm-hmm. Will Hutch's. 
Who you met, Will Hutchinson? Nope, Dude, get me an author and just awesome guy. Uh, I'll be at Leupold Booth. So I signed with Leupold. We'll be announcing that over the next couple of days. Oh, congrats. Yeah, that was awesome. They're a good company. I've met him. Um, I've known them from the Special Forces Charitable Trust, like a celebrity shooting competition I've done for many years. Mm-hmm. Met them through there. And then I'll be at the Atlas booth. I'll be just walking around um, doing podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah, I heard you, when we sat down, I think we were off air still. Actually, the wife is here. She's hanging out with you too. And she's, I don't know what she's doing. Yeah. She's doing her own thing, yeah, you know? I, I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're a busy dude. We, we, I, I'm just looking at my watch. Yeah, you're good. I got to get you out the door yeah. so you can move on to the next thing. Um, I, I just uh, maybe I could ask you this, man. What's up? That we sit down and do this again some yeah, other yeah, yeah. time and talk about yeah. some other stuff. Well, you're in San Jose, yeah? Yeah. So I've still got family in Willow Glen. We did, how come I didn't wait? I think we covered this. I think we I talked said, about it what, when we were in. Um, was up at uh, Alameda so County. Yeah, yeah Alameda, Alameda County with, yeah, uh, so with Jake and Jake from an. That's, and, that, and that's another company I'm a part of. Yeah. Right, own some uh, own some of IEP. Love Jake and those guys. As yeah. soon as I got involved in them, a previous company I was a part of, um, Jake was a part of Labhart, and got to know him really, really ingrained and realized what he was doing. And smart dude. <laughs> I always make yeah, super smart dude. I always make fun of him though because. He and I come at things very differently. He is very book smart, but I come at it from the perspective of like I've been there and I've done it from the from the athletic perspective, not from the shooting perspective. And so I was able to weasel my wind to be able to work with him and to be able to coach at some of these places and to bring in and bring my expertise when it comes to the to the gym and how it relates to the range. And so I've really enjoyed that because we get to go into Alameda County, like we met mm-hmm. you, other SWAT departments, other TTPOA, and go in and teach you know, for, you know, our true nation's athletes, right. In terms of protecting our nation and right. to teach them and say, Hey, you probably got taught crap when it came to a power clean or how to do fitness, how to do nutrition, how to do movement in general. Let's take that and fix that as it applies to your job. Right. And, and so I us, really enjoyed that. Just let us help you. Yeah. Let's just go watch a few things happen. Yeah. I, I, I was able to experience yeah, that for, cool for a day. It's very cool. The interaction, the, the level of respect is a different type of attitude that I've seen in a lot of other, say, law enforcement just shooting yep. courses because this was not just shooting. No. This was the human performance Heck, meets the shooting. It was probably 40% sh- only shooting. That's correct. Because yeah. most of the time it was like, hey, Scott, you're going to shoot, but you're going to move before you shoot. Right. Like There's I'm going to make you move movement. a crap ton before you get there. And so it's it's really cool because the the team we're a part of, it, we're all subject matter experts in different areas. I don't come from shooting. Right. You know, Sal Hernandez is on there. He's a San Antonio SWAT. We have people from just all different walks of life that are able to come in and blend and create a platform, a program, and a company that really I think is, as you've seen, is com- growing because we teach things differently. Really strong. It's gained a lot of respect and it's starting to, people are starting to take notice and understand what it is you're doing. They're still trying to figure it out because you, you guys are coming at it from all different angles and yeah. it is somewhat novel uh, as compared to what, it's not the tactical games. It's not USPSA. It's no. not PRS. It's what is this? You know, yeah. what is it? Where is it? Where is it? And it's, it's been fun to watch. Yeah. I've yeah. really interested. That's so, another random company. I'm I know. Of. Sorry. So we're just no, getting away and you get, you run in a million different directions. I got to get you out the door so that you can move on to the next direction. But I just want to thank you for the yeah. time. That you we'll spent do it again. When yeah. I'm in San Jose. Yeah. You got to come or through. You'll come out. You, uh, Tommy Marquez. Sean Woodland, names you recognize? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Lauren Khalil, they're going to come out to my property and shoot for TAC games. Is that right? Maybe I, if I if I know the date, if I know Let the date, know. okay, there, game on. You come on out. I'd love to come. Lord, uh, Sean and Tommy and Lauren called me a couple days ago because they're at Wadapalooza and they're like, hey, you want to come out and teach us? 
Yeah. Because I, I was like, you can go to a camp that or you can come like to fun. my place and I'll just teach you. They were like, hey, yeah, we want to come out February 1st. I'm like, no, you no. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's so cold, you California guys. I, I can tell you right now, I'm not coming yeah. there in February. So but next that's a hard time, no. I think when they pick a date, I will make sure to let you know. Bring all your gear out. We'll shoot. We'll Sounds do some great. fitness. We'll have a black because I have a, a great group of people on my property. I appreciate yeah. that, man. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, man. Today, absolutely. Man. Take yeah, care. Appreciate having me. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.